Howdy, and welcome to the Ready Room Podcast, Answering the Call, Conversation with Practitioners, hosted by The Bush School. I'm Josh, and today we have the extreme honor of hosting in-house the special agent in charge of the DEA Houston office, Mr. Como. Mr. Como, welcome. How you doing today? I can't complain now that you're in-house. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to this. All right. So first off, why don't you just give our listeners just a brief introduction of who you are and your background and what led you to where you are today? Well, Daniel Como, currently the special agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Administration, Houston Field Division. Started off my professional career as a Houston policeman. I did that for about six and a half years and then joined uh, DEA. And I've been doing that for about 26 years. I've uh, done my whole entire career domestically, but I've seen a lot of different states domestically. I started off in Oakland, California, uh, then went to Houston, Texas. From Houston, I went to Tucson, Arizona. From Tucson, Arizona, I went to Gulfport, Mississippi. Gulfport, Mississippi, went to Washington, D.C. From Washington, D.C., I went to Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi to Los Angeles. Los Angeles to San Francisco. And I am so happy to be back in Houston, Texas right now. Alrighty, so that's quite the that's quite the office spread that you've got. What's something that you've learned moving around so much from each office and now that you implement into your daily routine at the Houston? So, you know, I like the question, but before we talk professionally about that question, I think uh, the greatest thing I got from moving around from so many offices was my kids getting to experience so many different states so many different cultures, and how uh, it's done differently. And I think that has truly helped both of them in their careers as they're moving on now. And I I have a 26 and a 22-year-old. So uh, I think that was very helpful. And then professionally, it's pretty much the same thing, just seeing how it's done differently in different areas, dealing with um, different views, different opinions about drugs uh, from state to state. It's different. So me having the ability to see that and then bring it all together and make the leader I am now because of seeing those different views, I think it's really great. Awesome. So kind of jumping into it. So in the news, fentanyl has been a huge concern. It's a crisis that's ongoing um, within the United States. Um, and we wanted to ask, where, where is it coming from, first off? And what's the primary uh, method of entry that we're seeing and what states is it originating from, the point of entry? So look, the precursors are coming from China. They, they come in from China. They make their way to Mexico. And once they're in Mexico, you have the CJNG, the Sinaloa cartels that are mass producing fentanyl pills right now. And then they're smuggled into the United States. And unfortunately, we have a serious problem here in the United States where Addiction is running crazy, and uh, there's definitely a need for it, for addiction. And uh, that's causing a major problem, as you've seen all the overdose that are, are happening and occurring. So we're pretty much the biggest office mm-hmm. in the, um, as far as like agent numbers and seizures mm-hmm. and domestically. Um, mm-hmm. We're a transshipment hub for the cartels because of our proximity to the border. Um, the drugs come through into Texas, and then they are smuggled throughout. The- so we're a transshipment hub because of our highways um, and because of our proximity to. And for our listeners, can you quickly introduce yourself? Sure, sure. Uh, I'm Sally Sparks. I'm the spokesperson for the Houston. Awesome. And so 
how much collaboration have we seen in the recent years go up between our different offices? So for instance, New Orleans or Phoenix or other field offices that are near the Mexican border. Look, collaboration, here's a great thing for Texas. Texas law enforcement is very strong and united. We work together every day, shoulder to shoulder, and we're really trying to protect the citizens. Uh, we throw all our badges in, in one hat and make it one. And we're trying to figure out how to win, how to beat this problem. Uh, when it comes to the other states and, and nearby, it's the same thing. Uh, federally, we can pick up the phone and make anything happen in New Orleans or any other state that's nearby. Uh, so right now, law enforcement is really one team, and that's a great thing. It's not a competition. It's figuring out how to win, how to make the citizens of the United States safe. And so even as the fentanyl is the, the shining problem that seems um, in the drug crisis right now, um, is there still a large force of DEA officers and agents tackling other drugs as well? Look, we're laser focused on everything, on all drugs, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, it's still there. It's very prevalent and there's still addiction out there for those. And we're seizing those at a high rate still. So looking in kind of long-term goals, what's the DEA looking for if you can talk about this? What's the DEA kind of focusing in on to try to kind of curb these advances by our adversaries to the South? Well, look, the number one thing we need to do is continue to put awareness and education out. Because we can arrest as many people as we can, and we can seize as much dope that's out there. But as long as we don't get the United States citizens to stop needing these drugs and being addicted, we're always going to have a problem. So education and awareness is really important. And I can tell you, back in 1991, all I wanted to do was arrest every single person that I came across of that was committing a crime. Now I understand that we need to really focus on education and awareness also to make sure everyone knows the dangers of these drugs. I mean, look, right now, 70% of these drugs have a, photo dose, a fatal dose in them, 70%. So if you take a counterfeit pill, there's a 70% chance that you overdose. Like, everyone needs to know that. So what are some of the initiatives that y'all are taking to try to educate the public when it seems like the public has been decreasingly interest in domestic affairs? Look, we started various campaigns. Uh, right now we have the one pill that can kill. Uh, so we're, we're putting that all over uh, from every age group so they can know, look, one pill can kill. And it's a very true statement. Like I just said, 70% of these pills can cause a fatal overdose. Um, along with that, just like me being here today, hopefully there's someone that's listening and maybe that number says, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do this because I don't want to die. Um, I, I'm constantly going to uh, schools. Our agents are traveling on a, a regular to different campuses, from elementary schools to middle schools to high schools, to try to spread the word. Uh, we have billboard campaigns that's going on right now. You can drive down the interstate and see billboards, you know, encouraging you not to use drugs and providing information for you to call. Uh, our website, dea.gov, has a lot of information and resources on it to help with awareness and prevention also. But you can also talk about the enforcement uh, part of it, which is just as important as the education <coughs> part of it, which there our division now has task forces dedicated to going after those, the source of supply, and those that are going out and selling this stuff. And if we can connect somebody that's responsible for a fentanyl poisoning or an overdose, 
then that person can go to jail for prison 20 years to life. And that's something that's we haven't done in the past that we're now doing in, in order to send a message to those that are bringing this poison. So what was one of your main objectives when you started in, role, in the role of special agent in charge? What was something that you wanted to bring to the Houston office to kind of innovate or help um, enforce? Look, for the Houston office, just among agents, I love friendly competition. I love us to push each other. I want our groups to make each group better. And uh, me being a former athlete, uh, that was part of, part of my vision. This is kind of like being a general manager of an NFL football team or Major League Baseball team. I have a whole bunch of players, and I want them to push each other to be the very best that we can be for the U.S. citizens by putting as many people as we can in jail. But not just by putting as many people as we can in jail, but putting the right people, putting the source of supplies in jail, the ones who are at the top chains, making sure we're doing the proper investigations, going all the way to the top and trying to just cut off the head at the top. So outside of education and getting the right people pinned down, what's something that in the future you are kind of focused on? Look, we just want to make sure that everyone knows drugs are not good. Drugs are bad. There's nothing out there drug related from the illegal side that can be helpful. And we have to keep putting that, putting that message out to, to make the, the need and the want lower in the states. And so I'm also joined with Indira. And Indira, do you have any questions for the special agent in charge? Right. Awesome. So before we wrap up, told you this was going to be quick. Is there anything that you would like to let our listeners know about? We have a lot of public servants here at the Bush School, future public servants that want to go out and serve um, uh, at a local level, state level, and a federal level. What's something that you wish to tell them um, for their future careers? Look, I'm happy to be here at Texas A&M. Uh, that's a beautiful campus, what I've seen so far, so I'm enjoying that. But as far as a public service message, look, we need you. We need individuals who want to work in federal law enforcement. And right now, there's a drop-off across the United States for the want of wanting to become a special agent. We need, we need those who want to become a special agent, and we also need a diverse crowd that wants to become a special agent. We need our law enforcement community to look like America. So hopefully, uh, me being here will open up the door for many to take the chance, I mean, take the time, really, to look into being a, a federal agent. All right, awesome. Um, Can I add something? Of just course. to go back to the fentanyl uh, question about why is it so bad right now or what's the concern for DEA? The main concern for DEA when it comes to fentanyl is, yes, there is the drug misuse side of, of fentanyl. Um, you're going to have that regardless. But there's also a huge side that we're dealing with now more than anything before, and that is when you take a pill, when you take a fake fentanyl pill, it looks identical to a legitimate uh, prescription pill. And the problem with that is that you might be using Xanax, and one day you, you run out and you're thinking, it's okay for me to get it online. You get one online, it looks identical to the prescription pill. You take it, and you die. That's the problem. That's the problem that DEA is facing today more than anything, is that there is a large number of people from all different walks of life that are taking these pills thinking it's the real thing, 
and it's not and they're dying. And that's what we're trying to get out there. Don't take a pill that's not prescribed to you by your doctor and you got it from a pharmacy because you can die. Seven out of 10 pills now have a lethal fentanyl dose and it only takes a small amount, two milligrams, for, for it to kill somebody. And that's, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the big problem right now. Right, I think what she just said is very important that you put on the podcast, mm -hmm. right? And, but what needs to be added to that also is you have to understand that you are doing something very wrong when you're getting a pill that's not prescribed to you and not made by a legitimate. And I think too many times right now we're like, oh, well, they were trying to get a Xanax. But if it's not prescribed to you, you shouldn't be trying to, which then opens up the door for you to, you know, have a fatal overdose 70% of the times of getting that fake counterfeit pill. And we see it a lot in a lot of our cases where people think they're getting something. They're not seeking fentanyl. They're not seeking any drug in particular. They're just seeking a prescription pill. And a lot of times our investigations will reveal that they got poisoned. That's why we shifted from saying overdoses to now poisoning because we believe that a large number of people are being poisoned because they don't know that they're getting a fake fentanyl pill. So. And, and we've seized and I think on college campuses, one of the most important things uh, yeah. is Adderall. Adderall on a college campus is probably one of the most abused pills out there because students think it's okay to take an Adderall so they can stay awake and study. And I've actually talked to some students on a campus that said, yeah, one of my friends gave me an Adderall and uh, it was okay because, you know, they had a prescription for it. That's well, how did you know they had a prescription? Mm -hmm. And the answer was, very innocently, because it was in a prescription bottle. So how do you know that pill was made by a legitimate, or purchased from a legitimate pharmacy? You don't. Mm -hmm. They could have been purchased off the internet and put in a prescription bottle. So you have to think down the road. You have to think forward and say, this might not be real. I have a 70% chance of dying if I take this, and it's counterfeit. And the problem today as well is that Back in the day, drug dealers used to be at the side corner selling their drugs. You have a phone, I have a phone, everybody in this room has a phone, and that's where drug dealers are at. They're in your phone. You can get a pill as convenient as ordering something online. So that's that adds another layer of concern because of how accessible and easy it is. And you've asked the question about, are we seeing other drugs? Absolutely. I mean, Drug Enforcement Administration, that's what we're a single mission. We go after drug dealers, all sorts of drugs. Fentanyl has taken our attention because we're now starting to seize it in large proportions. In addition to that, it's mass produced. So it can be made. You don't have to wait on a season to grow it. Mm -hmm. it can, you can mass produce it, ship it, sell it for profit, easy buck for the drug cartels. So that's something that people have not noticed it yet or realized, but it's something that's slowly, steadily rising because you don't need a growth season for, for fentanyl. You can just get the chemicals, you know, it's a synthetic drug, make it into a fake pill, sell it, one pill, sell everywhere, and they're making a lot of money. And that's, that's the concern for us. We thank y'all for y'all's insight and y'all's message. The DEA has such an instrumental role in our society, especially here in Texas. 
where we're seeing most of this action and this crisis play out, especially as point of entry. We once again thank y'all for coming and just giving some of y'all's insight and taking time out of y'all's busy schedules to talk to us. With that, we're going to go ahead and end it, but we appreciate your time again. Thank you. Thank you for having us.